Hello, and thank you for listening to episode 11 of 60 Minutes With. I'm Dave, and once again I'm going to be joined by Chris in an interview show. And in this episode we're going to be chatting to Anthony and Nicola Caulfield, who you may well recall that Chris uh, waxed lyrical about the documentary that they made from Bedrooms to Billions in the last episode. Uh, we were going to spend this episode uh, concentrating on that documentary, uh, but because um, a mixture of a few things, Anthony and Nicola have been so busy recently, and especially so with the Amiga Years, which is the new project that they're raising funds for, that we thought what we would, we would do, it would, um, we would spend this episode talking about the Amiga Years, and then Anthony and Nicola have kindly agreed to come back, and we'll have another episode, um, probably after the Amiga Years fundraising has finished, where we can catch up on what's happened with that, and then we can delve deeper into the From Bedrooms to Billions documentary. Um, I will also say that by the time you listen to this, or not long afterwards, uh, there will also be a written review uh, of From Bedrooms to Billions by Chris up on the website too, so make sure to visit that. I'll, obviously I'll give all the details about how you can go to our website, how you can go to uh, the fundraising for the Amiga years, all that will be after the talk that we've had. So please sit back and get comfortable as myself and Chris uh, chat with Anthony and Nicola. Now there are a few little sound issues. Um, Anthony and Nicola were at the end of a very long day uh, and bless them now are stressed out. So there's a few little sound issues as we go along, but that doesn't detract from everything they've got to say. There's some great stories. Uh, we do go off in a few little tangents now and again as we do, but I'm sure you're going to have a great time listening to this. So sit back and get comfortable and here we go. Right, Anthony, Nicola, thank you so much for joining us tonight. It's a, it's a real treat for us to have a chat with you. Hello there. Hello there. Thanks for having us on. That's it's a pleasure. Now, um, what we're going to talk about, we're going to concentrate on this. It's, we're going to have a two-parter with you. And in this first part, we want to concentrate on the the Amiga documentary that you announced not too long ago. And, you, and you're, you're doing the, currently doing the fundraising for it now, aren't you? That's that, right. That's absolutely correct, yes. So please, please tell us all about this. Well, it's, uh, it's basically, it, we don't, well... What's the word? It's uh, kind of a sequel, I don't know, or a part two, or, or something like that. It's probably more Superman 2 than Highlander 2. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, um, it's basically, uh, it's called From Bedrooms to Billions, The Amiga Years. And um, for people that have seen the original From Bedrooms to Billions, um, there was, there's a section, once we sort of reached the sort of late 1980s, um, we, we always felt, being huge fans of the Commodore Amiga ourselves, um, that we had to sort of step over um, that's probably a sort of uh, is that the right wording we, we sort of we stepped over the Amiga in a certain respect not, not that we didn't reference it but we felt in the overall story of the British games industry we sort of uh, talked about it as, a, as, a, as how it stood in that industry but we didn't go into how fantastic a machine it was and, and because simply for running time it was a uh, it was impossible to sort of go into it in the sort of depth that we wanted to. So this this film allows us to tell an independent story on the Amiga, how it came about, um, the story of how it came about, but also how it then went on to impact the games industry and the worldwide games industry, not just the British games industry this time. Oh, Twice no. I tried to speak then I spoke over it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because the Amiga was such a great machine, and now I had the I had the 500 and the 1200, and it was the it was the first computer that I went online with as well. You know, b before the internet as we know it, I was just like accessing bulletin boards, and yeah, oh god, I loved my Amiga. Do you know that's one of the things I think that a lot of people um, remember, though there were a lot of users that you know used um, the Spectrum, Commodore 64, Amstrad, BBC. When these 16 bits came along, and specifically the Amiga, um, it was also that sort of community spirit. It was sort of the, the ante got upped very much so, so that suddenly the depth of games, you know, because the early games that started to appear on the Amiga, a lot of them were just effectively 8 bit upgrades almost. It was still the game design was very much 8 bit, and it was just like a sort of a shiny version. <laughs> and then it was sort of, there was, a, there was a period where, I'm not suggesting that every developer was doing that, but there was a sort of an attitude of sort of knock out a, a, an Amiga and ST version. And often, certainly the, the early Amiga games were effectively, I'm going to get shot by ST fans here, but <laughs> by, were effectively um, clones of the ST. So the Amiga version was always developed to almost be in line with the ST. And there was a period where suddenly developers started to really grasp 
the power of the Amiga and started to make games specifically for the Amiga. So then there'd be cut down 8-bit versions, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So, I mean, just, you you obviously, you know, I want to say I've been looking forward to this all week, you know, but thank you so much for From Bedrooms to Billions, you know, it's, you've combined two of my favourite kind of uh, mediums, entertainment mediums in terms of, like, films and video games, and this, the range of emotions I had watching it was just incredible, and I know we're going to talk about that another time, but I, I I genuinely get a lump in my throat, I've watched it twice now at the end, just before the credits start to roll, and they're talking, you know, you're talking about being pioneers, it's it's wonderful, and I tell everybody who I, who was willing to listen to me, they're fed up with me talking about it, <laughs> about, you know, sort of how amazing it is, and how it's essential, really, you know, it honestly is, and I'm so looking forward to the Amiga um, follow-up because I've, I've backed that on Kickstarter. And I mean, one of the um, questions I wanted to talk about, I was obviously, I was a massive fan of the Amiga. I had one back in the day. I used to play Kickoff 2, Speedball 2, all these amazing games with my friends. They were incredible. I mean, so you interviewed a lot of the publishers and developers of games in from Bedrooms to Billions. And one of my favourite publishers and developers was Cinemaware. Uh, you know, some amazing games like Wings, It Came From The Desert, all that kind of stuff. So have you got any kind of uh, people that you didn't get around to talking to in in the first film that you were looking to talk to in the second one that focused purely on sort of what, Amiga games as such or 16-bit games? Well, that, I think that's, the answer is, is uh, yes, in the respect of we are, as far as we're concerned, this is a new film. Um, and while there is obviously a, a, a temptation... Um, well, there might be a need in a cer- certain couple of cases to to use unused footage from the original shoot because obviously we have picked up a huge number of interviewees and some people just might not be available again. And any footage that we do put in that we've already shot would be would be unused. We've never put in any footage that's been used in the in the initial film. Yeah, nothing's going to be repeated at mm. all. But we're going to go and shoot a whole new flock of interviews. So that's what we're, obviously providing we get funded. Um, and the idea is through spring and summer, we're going to um, be shooting a great deal of interviews, and obviously a lot. And the idea is obviously to, to focus on a lot of those great um, worldwide developers. I mean, obviously, in, from bedrooms to billions, we have Mark Kearney, and uh, as, as he himself said to us, "I was your token Yank, uh, token American." <laughs> um, we are obviously that's the thing. We're going to be going in with you know developer of the developer of Another World, Flashback, Cinemaware. Um, the list, Lucasfilm. I mean, the, the the list goes on of who we're, we're, you know, we're contacting. I mean, some of them are backers on the original from Bedrooms to Billions. Would you believe? Well, so. I mean, and we also will be um, looking at other machines as well. It won't just be the Amiga. We will talk about the others. We will reference the Atari ST as well. So um, it's kind of like where we couldn't go when we got to the 16 bit in the film. We were like, if we did go off and go into a huge amount of detail, the film would have would have probably been about 10 hours long and it was hard enough cutting it down as it was so we always thought we really wanted to be able to do a standalone film where we could really do it justice you know and uh, and that's why we thought if we can do 90 minutes on this it'll we'll, we'll give it that touch i think the thing is we had a working title for a while at the end of last year when we were you know people think we've got this grand plan of like this trilogy of films and we sort of know what the third you know uh, the stampy is or something. I don't, you know, but this sort of thing. That, but that's not true. It's but from bedrooms to billions. It was certainly from about last um, April and May. The film started to drastically take shape, and it became very apparent. The we used to have these arguments all the time where we would um, yeah, nothing violent, but where we basically <laughs> we basically say, but is it critical to the overall story? Does it actually make a difference? Does the Koenig's mask system make a difference to the British, the overall story? So we had all these footnotes and all these notes that we felt that we wanted to include, and that included, of course, the Amiga and the Atari ST, Archimedes, um, and other machines. So we sort of felt that, that once we, we sort of got to the point where we had a rough cut of um, from bedrooms, we sort of thought, mm, there's huge potential to do to do... The, uh, an Amiga film. However, the working title was the 16-bit years. But the problem is, if we'd even looked at it being called the 16-bit years, where do you stop? Because you've got the Mega Drive, the SNES, you know, you've got, and and people would then be expecting it to be this sort of huge expansion of the um, of other 16-bit uh, platforms as well. But we didn't want to do that. We wanted to focus on programmable computing because the Amiga was was effect- I mean, I know you have the PC afterwards, but well, during as well. It was the last true cheap 
programmable computer that was accessible to the masses, where you really could get that, that sort of power. And I know there were different versions of the Amiga, obviously, but if you think about it, for a couple of hundred quid, a couple of hundred pounds, you could get yourself an A500. But the PC, when that started to fall away, the option then for programmable computing was the PC, which you were looking at a thousand pounds plus. So the Amiga was that sort of, in a way, that's certainly from from ourselves being from the UK perspective, was that sort of spiritual successor from the the uh, the Spectrum and the Commodore 64, where you could just go down to Rumbelows and pick up a programmable computer, and in this case with the Amiga, with immense power, uh, and really, and though it was. I was talking to Sean Southern actually on the phone last night, and we were we were talking about how so many developers will say, um, "Oh, you know, that's the the beginning of the team based, um, plat- the team based strategy for game development," which is very true. Sean and Magnetic Magnetic Fields are actually still a tiny two person team, you know, so they actually still sort of maintained it, and same with Jeff Minter and, and others, but. We, we feel that with the Amiga, which hence that Amiga era, which yes, does include the ST to a certain extent, and we're not going to step over it, um, still showed where there was this amazing innovation um, with, this, with these amazing computers and how the games industry really upped the game to take advantage of this machine. Um, and probably, arguably, and we'll find this out when we make the film, because we don't have all the answers. You know, that's the idea of making a documentary. You do all the interviews and you start to learn as you're making the film. Well, we found but, that with From Bedrooms to Billions, that when we were interviewing people, there were certain things we hadn't even, we didn't know, and then other people would be saying the same thing. So there's all these different stories that we went off on, purely as we were doing more and more interviews. So we're kind of hoping again that that will happen when we start filming people for the Amiga years. You see, we have a perception of the demo scene. We have a perception of the journalists. We have a perception of development, right? We which you know we can we all have an understanding of to certainly if we're fans of the Amiga we've got that understanding because we experienced it and everything else but until you actually start sitting down and having two hour interviews with people and then you do one two ten twenty and you start to build them up you then start to hear common things uh, regular references to people and thing and then you suddenly have to go and seek those people out and then you start to get a real picture um, and the film starts to take shape. So we are in a funny position because we're in the position that we were almost before we started from Bedrooms to Billions. We're trying to get funded, um, and then we start picking out interviewees that we want to approach, um, and then do those interviews, and then that leads on to other tangents and other things. But we don't want to take two and a half years to make it this time. <laughs> <laughs> and we should do because we've got a lot of interviews already in the can, and we learn a hell of a lot, you see, while we were, you know, when you were sitting down with Peter Molyneux, for example. You know, we, that was a three-hour interview, and we covered his entire life. Um, so, and that that was the same with a lot of people. So that included the Amiga era. So we do have a lot of that already um, when we were making from bedrooms to billions, where we made notes and had an understanding. But we also now know who else we want to go and speak to to make it a really complete film. Mm-hmm. And we want to leave some surprises in there. I mean, one of the things that people have said to us about the original film is that. Um, and one of the reasons why we never really gave away who's in it until it came out was we wanted to have a little bit of a surprise when people are sitting there and people keep popping up every oh him oh her oh him more him but, um, <laughs> but uh, it's uh, you know that was that was the thing it was to try and create you know we are trying to entertain as well and uh, keep a few names back so there's there's some surprises there was a couple of names in the original film that we. Uh, we were, you know, very much wanting to get, but yeah, it's... Yeah, some escaped us. Yeah, but they won't yeah. escape this time. No, we did keep trying, <laughs> yeah. And, and we, um, I think we're going to aim to have it told again by by the people as we're doing the interviews. I think we're, at this stage, not aiming to have a, a voiceover on there, are we? We yeah. want it to be very much by the people that live through that era once more because we think that works really nicely. You see, we put a voiceover through it, then it's our voice it's our you know we write the voiceover you know it could be any you know it could be sort of a fantastic voiceover artist like you know daniel craig or someone like that some somebody amazing you think oh great but i don't know we we sort of we did originally have an intention for registered buildings to do a voiceover and then it just became uh the ensemble approach which is extremely difficult certainly to keep pacing going 
um, just seemed to be a natural fit because we thought what better way than to actually have the voices of the people that actually live through it guiding the viewer through. So we certainly, it steered us well away. We have done documentaries in the past with voiceovers, you know, and they do, they do work in that, in that respect. But we sort of felt that by going with, a, again, a, a narrator all the way through, then we're just doing something that will be done on television. And yeah. we've got the ability with crowdfunding um, to give the audience really what we feel that we would like them to have rather than what a broadcaster tells us they've got to have. I, I think that, that works incredibly... No, I was just going to say that, sorry, that it, it works incredibly well and I think, you know, who, who am I to tell you what to do? But that is... Yeah, I think that's that would be incredible, you know, just to sort of let them tell their story and, and like you said, it must be so much work cutting all that together and keeping a sort of cogent story and, a, and a, a, if you like, a, a thread, a common thread, but then a link to the next particular story. That must be so much work. Well, well what, what we did was um, we created probably about... 30, 40 different timelines with different topics on. But then each of them, like in our edit system, so each timeline that we have probably had, for each sequence, I'd say about three, four hours of material. Wow. <laughs> you're, you're just going to cut that down to maybe 10, 15 minutes, and it's incredibly difficult. And that's what took us... You know, that took us the most time, I think, trying to cut it down and make sure that we're trying to get everyone in there. Yeah. And that. So, yeah, it's very difficult. Good fun. And it's nice to see now at the, at the end of it how, how it's come out and that everyone seems to be really enjoying it. We had a strict rule, actually, was that as the voices are guiding people through, there isn't one voice that repeats something that's already been said. So the idea is that as, what happens, somebody will say something and then the next voice backs up what they said with an example and then yeah. we move on to something else and that was a pattern we started to follow unintentionally we suddenly started to discover once you start cutting up you know when people are talking about the type in listings for example um you know we found that oh you know as great as some of the quotes were they were all saying the same thing so then we started to realize take out everything where they're repeating the same information and make it so that it's the next piece of information and the next piece of information and suddenly we started to find that that approach was working though it was it was very very difficult i'm just going to open a window in here actually how long did the editing process take then to do all of that uh about 18 months? Yeah, I mean, we were editing as we, as we went along. What we would do is get um, transcripts done. Two years, actually, I would say. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, and you'd, you'd kind of, you'd go along and you think, okay, that's working very well, but we, we're not covering this particular topic. So kind of as we went, we knew that as we were doing different interviews, we, we would make sure that certain topics were, were covered so we had to say certain things because... When it came to typing listings, we had so much of that, didn't we? Yeah, there, I mean, there wasn't we one element... asking that question. There know. wasn't a single element of the entire production for registrability that was simple. There was nothing simple. Mm. Everything, every single bit, even the mastering of the DVDs and Blu-rays was unbelievable. It, I'm not saying that in respect of it was, it was horrible. I don't mean that. I just mean it was hard work. Um, there's a big difference. You know, you, you feel sort of fulfilled doing hard work. And we sort of felt that... Um, so many people had backed us and wanted us to do a good job. Um, you know, we did take a bit longer than we originally said, but we always made it very clear that because we got a lot more funding than we originally intended, that we were going to put it to use, and we were going to, and we gave everyone an extra hour, so everybody got a two and a half hour film instead of a ninety minute film. Mm. And we did that because that's what we wanted to watch. So it really was, it, there wasn't really a lot of sitting down going, ha, 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 you know, we can do this and <laughs> got this business plan or, or something like that. It was, mm, this is the best. We didn't want to go over two and a half hours and we really actually wanted to make it two hours. It just became impossible. And we've strayed onto the original from Bridge of Civilians and we've not talked about the Amiga Belly at all, have we? <laughs> <laughs> so have you, have you got some, some sort of um, time schedule where you want to get the finished product out for the Amiga years? Yeah, the Amiga, we want the Amiga years out for January 2016. Okay. We're planning to do all the filming around the same time, between May and August this year, yeah. this time, um, and then go into post-production and not do any more interviews, uh, unless something major crops up. But the idea would be to... I mean, that is actually quite normal in, in film production. You don't, whereas in For Bedroom Civilians, it literally was a clump of filming, editing, 
clumper filming, more editing. And, it, and probably we had about 12 separate clumps of filming over two years um, because we had to continually find more information. It was because there was no book. There was no, while you have publications like Retro Gamer, which is in bits and pieces, there was no sort of like definitive book that we could rip off. Not saying that we would have ripped it off if we found a book, but there was it was like there was there wasn't Jesus that information. Yes, yeah. rather than rip off, yeah. rip off. So. <laughs> what I mean, what I mean is is that there was no there was nowhere really where this information was all in people's heads and and in their experiences. So we had to film continuously. Uh, to find, is that the right word? Yeah. But also, a lot of um, the people that we interviewed for from bedrooms, they hadn't been interviewed before. So it was kind of like you sat there and. It'd be two, three hours of them just going through everything. It was—I mean—it was so interesting sitting with them, and that. But yeah, the interviews were very, very long as well. I mean, we have so much footage. We've not even touched on it. You see, for the Amiga years, I would want it to be that when people are sitting there watching the section where we're covering the demo scene, they're loving it. They're—they're—they're feeling as if they're right back there, 20 years ago. Yeah. And they're seeing, hearing, and experiencing. And feeling right, and they're being guided through by some of the top sceners. And then they feel, wow, that's a, what a great section. That's a section in the film. And that's the sort of thing we want to do with the Amiga years ago. And we've also talked about, we've, got, we've had this idea about doing some hands on sequences. So rather than it just being um, one talking head onto another talking head with archive over the top, and the archive stills and photos and video really help immerse you into that sort of nostalgia and, and everything else. But we've, we're, we're talking about doing some hands-on bits where we actually do some... Re no, I don't want to use the word recreation. That's not correct. Where we see some actor with sort of an 80s hairstyle. <laughs> you know, short yeah, but, 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 but It won't be anything like no, that. No, I mean where we actually might have something where a modern interviewee today describes how certain drivers worked or an assembler worked or, or certain things like that. Whether it goes in the main in the main movie I don't know it might be as an extra or something but we we sort of felt that we wanted those those bits where because we did some stuff with Archer McLean didn't we which we've never even really yeah where he was trying to program a ZX81 for the um on for the from bedrooms to billions but, but, if, but if we'd have done that with from bedrooms you know you can't you don't want to just have one kind of hands-on sequence you have to keep that throughout the whole film it would have just seemed strange to pop one in there yeah um, but, but but we quite like them sequences that we were doing so we've been think time with the idea of maybe putting some of those into new ones new ones that we'd create um into the amiga years but um but chris holsbeck doing a you know recreating how how to make music on the amiga and and certain tricks and and you know certain other things like that programming That's, on the amiga exactly so we these are rather than just saying we're going to do more of the same. We're going to explore some different ideas as well to see how they fit, knowing that worst case scenario they'll make a fantastic extra. So we are sort of like trying to push the envelope a bit and um, and and you know try and as ourselves as filmmakers try to you know as, as a, yeah same Evolve. as a game developer. A game developer. I mean, for example, we've just released we've just released the making of Jet Set Willie today um, to our existing backers and. Um, you know what? One of the things that comes across is Matthew Smith is saying about how he tried to do new things in Jet Set Willie after the success of Manic Miner. Uh, one of them being the um, the ultimate, the um, infinite death loop, which I'd, which wasn't his intention. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> we actually had somebody capture that, which is quite funny. Um, yeah, sorry, another tangent. <laughs> You must be pleased, though, the way that the, the funding started for the Amiga years as well, though, because it's had... I mean, throughout the board, the, the reviews for from Bedrooms has been absolutely fantastic. And so, of course, that has helped generate more interest in, in the fundraising for this. And you've had, you've had a great first week of fundraising, too. Oh, we were... It blew our socks off. You, you know what? <laughs> we were like, oh, my God, we were so amazed by how quickly the, uh, the target rose. But you do, you think... Oh, everybody hates from Bridges, but no one's going to back us. It's, <laughs> it's going, it's going to hang around. It's going to, you know, full 10k short. What we really want, we launched some stretch goals today. What we actually want to do, we're not going to do another campaign. It's one campaign, very, very straightforward. If you're a fan of the Amiga and you want to see, you know, a definitive film on 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 the Amiga, and then basically back the campaign because. We want to raise as much budget as we can so that we can go in and actually 
really research and try and license as much uh, archive footage as possible. It all costs most. The most expensive part of of, um, of, of the documentary is the archive, and there's a lot more archive footage for the Amiga than there was for um, from Bedrooms to Billions in the early you know the early 80s. That and was music hard to find. As well. Exactly. So the more budget we can raise quite simply the better film we can do because simply those hard costs which we can't avoid um, such which um, you know as I said with Argyle that's why what we've done with the stretch goals we've said look we've got the initial 50 but if we can raise 60 we'll do another half an hour if we can raise 70 we'll do another half an hour we might as well try and fill the disc up mm. and um, whether the, we're not necessarily saying the film will be more than 90 minutes but as we It'll can be extras we can the fit two, hour, two and a half hours on a disc Rather than just doing 90 minutes, why don't we fill up that that whole disc? And if people want to see even more, we'll fill a second disc. And it really comes down to how much they really want to see. And, um, and that's why we've said, look, that's what we want to do. Ultimately, where we're at our best, well, that was sounding big-headed, where we feel we're at our best is where we're able to be free to make the content. You know, we'll shoot the interviews, we'll do the hard work. Um, and we'll research every piece of archive we can find. We'll look for every possible still magazine image. That's what we do. We enjoy doing that, but it all comes at a price. So we can, the more we can raise in this, we've got three weeks left, the more we can raise, the more people that come in and pre-order a copy of the film. And it does have an exclusive Oliver Frey cover. We never repeat that again. You know, as we did with From Bedrooms to Billions, anybody that's got one of the Oliver Frey covers, they're going to be pretty rare in a few years. They're the ones they can say, You've only got that one because you backed it. You backed the original campaign, and we love our new one, um, the black one. We we call it the, with um, our son sitting at the at Matthew Smith ZX Spectrum. Um, the uh, you know as uh, our son, the back of our son, um, surrounded by what looks like a shot from Star Trek: The Motion Picture, uh, <laughs> or Close Encounters, however you want to call it. But um, you know that's we're very pleased and love that cover. But the Oliver Frey cover was what started the whole thing off. For, you know, five years ago. And um, and basically, that people know that when they back the original Kickstarter a couple of years ago, that that cover won't ever be repeated. So that's what we want to do with the Amiga Years. You'll get a copy of that Amiga Years cover that's designed by Oliver Frey. And once the campaign ends, at some point when the film's come, going to be coming out, we're going to change the cover. So, every, so there'll be a different cover. Little things like that, which we like to sort of make sure that backers know that we're not, we're, you know, we're trying to treat them with as much respect as possible. But I'm not, you know, not putting the thing out on sale after they've gone and backed it and it's got all the same things yeah you like the Oliver Frey artwork it's, yeah we're blown away by that stunning yeah uh, what was what's one of the biggest lessons that you've learned from making from bedrooms you know that you'll take into making the Amiga years what, what's something that you think well I could perhaps do that differently or oh that was good I'll do that again is there anything in particular <clears throat> I have you know what that's a very very good question um, I think I think to expect hard work, yeah. and I'm not just saying that. And you know, it, game designers that love their profession, they don't shy away from the hard work. That's what the fun. That really, if, if you you know, if you enjoy what you do, you, you you don't you might you don't mind that part of it. And I think what we found with From Bedrooms to Billions is genuinely, when we finished the film, we had nothing left to to give it. Really. It, we, there was we were we were in that very rare exclusive position, um, and game designers don't often get that themselves, where we were actually able to give it everything we could give it, and know that at the end it was it was done. While people could debate it, it, it should have included this or it needed to include that, we were at a point where we had nothing left creatively to give it, and it would have probably only gone backwards. Um, you know, we look at it and pull it to bits. You know, and, and think, oh, you know, it's. Uh, but we were very, you know, we we were very proud of every frame of the film, and we tried to make it so that it was as rich and nostalgic and immersive and all these other things as possible. So I think with the Amigi is, if there's one thing that we've we've learned from the previous film is to not change that ethic, and make sure that, you know, if we're going to do a sequence on the demo scene or. Um, or on a particular series of develop, development or the journalists and everything else, we make that section fantastic so that people think, yeah, it's on this or it's on that. They've clearly put everything they can into it. We did sit there quite a few times when we were looking at sequences and go, oh, that's not good enough. You know, we, we never sat there and thought, oh, we'll just bung, it out. bung that out. 
Mm. So we do, you know, it won't, we'll sit there and think, no, that's not good enough, we'll need to go off and do this, we need more archive, we need this interview and that. So, so it probably makes us a bit slow. Yeah. You know, we don't sort of bung <laughs> stuff out, you know. We're quite thorough with things, we like to think we are anyway. It's good as well because you mentioned the stretch goals that you recently put up for the Amiga years, and you, I sincerely hope you you hit every single one of them because all the extras Thank makes you. makes such a difference. Because I watched um, the DVD of from Bedrooms, loved every minute of it, and I know you, Chris, you're going through the the special edition Blu-ray at the moment, aren't you? And yeah. you're just lapping up at everything that's on there. <laughs> it's wonderful. It really is. You know, it's just yeah. <laughs> I kind of I sometimes feel like I'm lost for words when I talk about it because it's just such a wonderful project, and I do like Dave. I sincerely hope you do make it and like you know what a wonderful week you've had so far and just you know hopefully it'll roll on to week two you'll get twice as much as you have in week one i think that's i mean that's the thing about crowdfunding you never know for sure you sort of think maybe there's only 900 amiga fans out there i'm not being sarcastic when i say that you just look at it and think um you know maybe and you 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 in the back of your mind you think that can't be true you can't be true but you also have to look at it and think you've got to tell You've got to somehow get the message out to the other Amiga fans and and um, and everything and everything else. And it's um, you know that that's that's what you hope is that the message is going to get out there in the next three weeks. That there's these two guys from London, that guys, guy and a girl. Um, <laughs> I'm secret, sir. Yeah, I'm <laughs> female. Um, that, that are trying to do this, that are going to do this film on the Amiga. Well, at the moment, trying to do the film on the Amiga. Hopefully, you know, we get funded um, and um, let's get behind it. And um, and and see, hopefully they'll do something really special. You mentioned uh, magnetic fields earlier on. I have to say, you know, Lotus Turbo Challenge and Supercars Two, amazing games. I mean, who are your? Have you got any particular favourites of that sort of time? I mean, there's so many to talk about. But any particular developers or games that you particularly want to focus on or talk about? I I don't think um, at the moment I can really sort of say what specific games or what we want to, what we want to cover in that respect and that's not trying to be evasive in any way I think it's uh, you know there are certain standout titles that Nicola and I play but that doesn't mean you see because we played certain games that that means they should get more status in the film or, or anything else like that because again story, it then becomes it? our opinion and yeah. that, you know it's not about our opinion in a funny mm. sort of way it's about what the balanced opinion is but you know we were huge when Nicola and I first started going out in 1990 the first thing that she was playing was kickoff, um, and um, I oh, mean, I we had hostages, it. and I mean that was the thing. Once we got into the once we got into the Amiga, it was uh, speaking to another world was probably a jaw dropper for for us. Oh, but yeah. I mean, I remember that being a big deal, huge deal for us, um, and it was the first. That was the first game where I actually genuinely felt that it was an interactive movie. Definitely. Genuinely felt that I was watching the start of a film. So when, when the character, um, is it Jay? Begins with Jay, the character, isn't it? The, the lead character in it. Oh, I just remember he gets out of the car, he goes up in the lift, the can sort of like blows yeah. across the floor. Incredible, incredible. Do you know what? One of the most intuitive things about that game is that when you appear underwater, and then you've got the desk, it's absolute class that. And then you, you've got no idea what to do, so you just push up mm. on the joystick to, and you swim up. And I always remember, like, for the first time thinking, that's fantastic. There's no... And I'm not trying to sort of say, oh, the old games are better, but nowadays you'd have a little X flashing on the screen yeah. or something like that to show you what to do. And I always remember just, you know, and I didn't die. I imagine there was a few people out there on Another World that did drown or got pulled down by the tentacle because they just they just sat there in the water and didn't quite know what to do. But I just remember thinking at that time, being so impressed by how intuitive it it, it was. Um, so you know we're going to have we're going to get Eric in the we're going to do our best to get Eric in the film. Um, and um, you know there's a, a developed another world and um, you know and other people like that because those games were were just class, absolute class. And I played it recently actually on the PS4. Mm -hmm. um, Kept skipping between the reskinned version and the old one, but it was you know it's still it's still fantastic. But there were um, there were some absolutely truly fantastic games which we want to explore. How the again the games industry sort of up the ante and uh, and uh, went through it. But of course the other thing is not to forget is we want to explore how the Amiga was developed, um, and at the same time, funny enough, 
how that knocked on to the development of the Atari ST, because the Atari ST was put together very, very quickly, very quickly, um, you know, to make sure that there was a competing machine. So it's, um, you know, it was quite an amazing story about how that hardware actually was developed and released in the mid-1980s. Um, and, of course, the other element of the story about what happened to Commodore. Yeah. You know, fantastic machine, what went wrong? What happened? What really happened? You know, so um, we can sort of cover this because that's a really amazing era, that 85 to about 94, 95 era. Um, we can focus just on that decade. Um, whereas, obviously, in from bedrooms to billions, we had to sort of be respectful of the fact that we said it's the overall story of the British games. So we had to look at 30 years. I mean, this this has been great because people listening to this can obviously hear your passion for the subject, you know, and it, this is not going to be a documentary that's made by people with for the money, you know what I mean? This is, this is obviously now this is made by people who has, have got a deep passion f for video games and that era of gaming, and this is, you know, people listening to this, this is why you should fund this project, <laughs> because it's, it's not often you get documentaries made by people who have such passion for what they're making the, the film about. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd like to think so. I mean, we are in a, a lucky position in that respect that we were given the time and the budget to make the original. Um, so that's all we'll do with the new one. And that is the nice thing about crowdfunding is, I think like you said, Anthony said earlier, that you can basically make what, what you want to make. You know, if we, if we were doing this through TV and that, we would be kind of guided as to what we can and can't do. Mm -hmm. So we've got that freedom. And that's what we really enjoy with it. And we also really enjoy that the fact that when we do these campaigns, how we can kind of ch talk to our our backers, and that we enjoy that. That's it's really good fun. And a lot of people will write to us and suggest things, and we get some really good suggestions. And we encourage people to keep doing that. You know, we like that. Keeps us going. Makes us think there's a world out there. It really does. <laughs> it really does. There were some real dark times on from Bedroom Civilians. Dark where suddenly, times. Yeah. Dark times. Oh, yeah. Where suddenly and the lights. No, yeah. that's a different film. Um, yeah. Actually, he's had a bit of an accident recently, didn't he? Yes. Um, yeah. There was a rumour floating around today that with Harrison Ford, somebody pointed at the plane and said, you came here in that thing. You're braver than you look. Quoting <laughs> <laughs> Star Wars. Actually, stretch it off. I don't know. I haven't heard it confirmed, but if that happened, it was like, <laughs> he didn't laugh. I wonder why. He's uh, unconscious at yes. the time. <laughs> Leaping Ford, for some reason, didn't laugh at the joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, our backers, um, we actually genuinely um, feel really sort of fiercely protective of them because they've given us that freedom. So it's almost like it's a... Um, you know, somebody writes to us, you know, we really feel compelled to write back as quickly as we can and, and you know, somebody's asking us a question about something or they want a new digital link or something like that. We feel really sort of precious about making sure. And it's not just saying that. It's just they've given us that. We feel so lucky that they've been able to they've been able to support us because obviously the original story of From Bedroom Civilians, we couldn't get the film funded. We couldn't get what was originally conceived as a television series uh, and then a film. We couldn't get it funded by anybody. Um, in in sort of standard you know commercial financial uh, financial circles, um, and obviously crowdfunding, it would, the film wouldn't have been possible. But perhaps it wouldn't have been a good, as good a film if it had been funded in in um, sort of traditional means. You know who knows? Probably wouldn't have been. We we would have had a paymaster that would have told us ultimately what they wanted to see and, and other things, and might have ordered cuts and and other things. So that's again another thing about crowdfunding. It can sort of it can uh, it's that freedom. It gives you that freedom, you know. You just got to make sure that you put the work in. Yeah, you know, which you obviously do. I mean, you know, the, all the work that you put into from bedrooms, it it paid off in spades, definitely. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, the, the working. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had a few sleepless nights. Oh. Well, listen, I I know you've had like such a long day today, haven't you? And uh, we're so grateful for you to join us tonight and talking about this. But right. uh, of course, on the website uh, will be all the links for how people can go uh, and and help to fund this this great documentary, uh, which which we're sure will will reach the goal. And hopefully, like we said, we want it to reach all the stretch goals too. We want as much as possible to, to be, even though it's going to make more work for you. I'm sorry, but we want it. You know, that's that's just how it is. And I'll tell you something else as well. We're very very open for there to be active debates about what people want to see in it. We're not, we're not saying that we're playing sort of, um, you know, we're going to sort of 
we're not trying to sort of say that oh we don't have a clue and we need to see examples but I, it's always nice I, I we really we got a lot we got a lot of that on from bedrooms to billions where people would sort of debate and tweet and talk about because our, our um our twitter handle is at from bedrooms People would sort of like passionately explain why they would like to see something in the film or or something like that, and we like to see that, and we do try to respond where we can. Um, and it's nothing wrong with having a debate. We're, we're in we're in that early. Well, we haven't been funded yet. I don't mean to keep saying that, but I don't want to be too presumptuous. But we are in that early pre-production period where we're trying to absorb as much information as possible because you've got to sort of almost pretend you know nothing. Um, to try and come at it from a really fresh perspective. So we are in that sort of mode at the moment. So we're very, very happy. Please go on to Kickstarter um, and um, and put ideas. If, you, if there's things that you feel passionate about, put it on there. Well, it'll be good. Hopefully the, the next time that we chat to you, and we'll have like the, the From Bedrooms to Billions special with you, um, you'll be able to tell us about, you know, how what the, all the all the stretch goals have been released. You've started filming um, the Amiga years. So it'll be good to catch up on both again. That would be wonderful. That would be brilliant, yes. Thank lovely. you very much indeed. That's all right. Well, hopefully you're going to get some chance to relax for the rest of the evening. I'm sure, you, I'm sure you're ready for it, aren't you now? <laughs> I think we are, yeah. Yes. I think we are. <laughs> Might even be a takeaway tonight. Oh, <laughs> I don't blame you. Don't be cooking anything. Don't go in the kitchen. <laughs> all right, well, Anthony, Nicola, thank you so much for joining. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you. That's all right. We'll talk to you again soon. Take care. Take care. Oh, bye-bye then. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Chris, your excitement level, I know, was high before we, we uh, recorded this evening, wasn't it? <laughs> and, uh, oh, wow, well, yeah. I think your excitement level's even higher now, after we finished. It is. I'm buzzing. I'll just, you know, I'll, I'm watching from bedrooms again, and this is the second time round. I've watched the extras on it, and it's such a wonderful movie. Honestly, it really is, and it's just... I just want to talk about it even more, you know, I want to talk to people about it, I want to tell people about it, and the new projects, and speaking to um, Nicola and Anthony, you know, they just seem such nice people, genuinely just love what they do, and there's a, you can sense in their voices the sort of the love that they've got for for, for computer games, video games, for this project that, they're, that they've got going, and I can't wait to talk to them again. You know, I was holding back as much as I possibly could. I just wanted to talk more about from bedrooms and sort of like, well, I didn't want to gush too much. I probably sounded like I did, to be honest with you. But, well, hey, it's amazing. So, but, you know, they, they just seem like such nice people and, and wanted to thank them. Hopefully they'll get a chance to listen back to this and thank them for their time because, you know, they've got so much going on at the moment and for them to spare their sort of valuable time talking to us was incredible. Oh, it was. I mean, they've had like a crazy busy day today with everything that's been going on. Uh, and much like yourself, mate, you know, I watched from bedrooms and I, I was just lapping it up. And like you said, when we were talking to them, it just took me back to that certain stage in my life. Um, and we'd watch it. I was going, oh, I, was, I sat with Tina watching it. I was going, oh, my God, I remember I had that. I had that. I remember playing that and I did this and I was doing that. And it was just taking you back to magical moments in your life. And then not only that, you were finding out so much more to do with these games and these machines and the people behind the games as well that you didn't know and it was just like oh this is just incredible and then when they announced the Amiga years because the Amiga is like one of my all time favourite um, computers that I had like I mentioned when we were talking to Anthony and Nick I had like the, the, the A500 and the 1200 and it was uh, it was the first computer that I used to do um, graphics for filmmaking because there was a bunch of us used to meet up every weekend and make films, and we used the Amiga. I forget the name. I should know it off by heart. The name of the program that we used, and we'd do like um, CG graphics at the start and everything with it. Very crude looking back on it now, but for the time, it was like I remember showing somebody a film we made, and we'd put these CG graphics in, and people were going like, "Holy shit, this is amazing!" Yeah. It's as though they'd seen like Terminator Two for the first time, because you just couldn't really do that before and because the Amiga was so versatile in what it did and the amount of programs that were out there to use it wasn't just um, you know a games machine it was so good at, at everything really whatever you threw at it yeah. and again you know kids probably listen to this and they think with, with they may well have like smartphones that are more powerful and can do more but if you take yourself back to that moment in time it was just such a magical machine and even now just thinking about what is going to be in this documentary about the Amiga just blows my mind. I can't just wait to watch it. 
Yeah, same here. I mean, it was this, my mum and dad um, worked a census for so they could buy me an Amiga, basically, you know. And, and I'll always be grateful to them for that. They sort of, I think they got about two hundred and fifty quid for doing this, you know, knocking on doors, doing the sort of like the general census that they do every sort of few years or whatever. And um, yeah, for me, the Amiga was my teenage years it's like you know the sort of spectrum was me as a child right experiencing video games or computer games for the first time that was my childhood to a certain degree the the amiga was my my teenage years and i know you're a little bit older than me but that's what it was for me it was like growing up and it was like experiencing something totally brand new all over again so many amazing games and we touched on a few of them when we talked to nicola and anthony and but it, it you know those games a lot of them still stand the test of time today you know if you look at them sort of sensible world soccer uh, um speedball 2 we talked about another world you know and that's just been brought back to the uh, ps4 and, and xbox one and that tells you something and it just tells you what an incredible machine it was just watching some of the intros to some of those games just incredible you know and i'm so excited to watch what they do and i think if you watch from bedrooms it does honestly come across their love and passion for for what they they talk about and i embrace that wholeheartedly because um you can get very cynical about the games industry these days and everything that it is and i try to try and avoid i do my best to try and avoid all that sort of stuff but even just people that i talk to at work they're very sneery and look down their nose at you sometimes think oh you play computer games what's wrong with you haven't you grown up yet and i just think you know what the 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 people that you know anthony and um and nicola they're the people that i want to hang out with (laughs) you know what i mean (laughs) yeah sort of like and and that just talking to them for sort of like you know half an hour or so just i want to talk so much to them about you know the just their love of games. Just talk about games. I don't even, not necessarily about sort of like from bedrooms. Obviously, we will. But I just want to talk to them about games because they're so cool. You know, they they know their stuff, and they obviously just got such a love for for the the what they do and, and the industry um, in terms of and the history of it all. I love all that sort of stuff. So more, please, definitely. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I've been, I've been playing like video games since the seventies. And it's it amazes me that even you know like forty odd years on from then, it's still got this stigma for being like a kid's hobby. It's something mm. that kids do. When you think you know people like you know ourselves that've been playing video games for you know forty odd years, thirty odd years, we've grown up with them, and we can. Why should we stop doing what we enjoy doing? Absolutely. Are you going to go? Well, oh, I'm a certain age now. I can't do that. If you enjoy doing it, you enjoy doing it. It's such a, an escape from reality, um, and it's. It's also, I mean, there's the old thing. They go, oh, yeah, it's good for hand-eye coordination and this, that, and the other. But it, there are um, definite benefits um, to video gaming, but it, it's just that whole escape from the real world <laughs> and immersing yourself into it and just having fun. What's wrong with having fun? No matter yeah. what you know. It's, it's, so, it's so real good. And the, the, the fact that they document it in front of bedrooms and now they've got the Amiga, um, the Amiga years coming. And what do you think about the making of Jet Set Willy? that they, they told us about as well. How about that one? Well, that's the other thing, like you mentioned, because I, I just played the games when I was a kid. You know, I, I wasn't particularly interested in who made them. And to a certain degree, I'm I'm the same now. You know, I just enjoy playing the games. But learning about Matt Smith and um, how fame affected him, you know, and what was 16 years old, I think he was, when Manic yeah. Miner... And you just think at 16 years old, you've created in some ways a phenomenon, you know, that, that that's what it was. And then going on to Jet Set Willy, Jet Set Willy, I'm not kidding you. I, I, I can't even dare to think how many hours I spent playing that game. <laughs> and I played it recently and it is brutal. And God knows, I mean, I never completed that game because there was that game breaking bug in it. You know, yeah. if you went into a certain room, that, that was it. It was instant death. And that, and, but I, I have that music embedded in my brain. I have that foot coming down and stamping on my head, you know, when you die and lose all your lives, embedded in my brain. I have that sort of like that going into Maria's room and her, as you got closer, because she prevents you from getting into bed, sort of, no, and slowly that arm raising (laughs) and pointing and telling, and she's like, no, no, you're not getting any closer. I don't care how slowly you walk, you are not getting to this bed. And just thinking, 
wow but so incredible it really is you know just love it absolutely love it yeah it sounds like um We've got the Amiga years coming. We've got Jet Set Willy. It's who knows what else, what other projects they've got in mind that we could, we could have to look forward to. Yeah, please. I genuinely. I mean, we'll, again, I, I, I won't, well, I'm not going to wait until we talk to them again because we don't know exactly how, when that will be. It could be next week. It could be next month. It could be in six months' time. But hopefully sooner rather than later. But I genuinely want to say to people: if you have an interest in video games, even if you don't necessarily, please watch from bedroom to billion please buy it because and please fund the amiga years you know if you have any doubt about the amiga years and think oh i don't want to back a kickstarter because you don't know what they're going to do because people you know are dubious about kickstarters sometimes just watch from bedrooms to billions and that will hopefully convince you that you are putting your money in safe hands because what they did with that film uh, it, 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 in my mind, it, you know, it's a masterpiece. It really is, and it speaks to me on so many different levels. Um, so please check that out, and please fund uh, the Amiga years. Yes, please fund it. Just second what you say there, mate. You know, I, I really do hope they they hit the target and everything else beyond that. Let's let's get as much footage as we can from this and find out as much more. You know, the, the special edition with all the extras on it is just going to be so so good. And it's one of these like from bedrooms. You said you watched it twice already. It's, it's not a documentary that you're going to watch once and put away. It really has got so much repeat viewing to it that you just pick up on stuff every time. Yeah, and and yeah, it's. Well, everybody will know what you think about it soon, mate, because your review will be on the website this weekend it as we will. talk. It will. Uh, and if you're listening to this and you're wondering, well, where can I read Chris's uh, review? All you have to do is go online, go to 60minuteswith.co.uk and it will be on there. Um, also, if you want to get in touch with the show, you can email us at contact at 60minuteswith.co.uk. Uh, follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash 60minuteswith. That's the numerical 60, not alphabetical. Uh, the same on Twitter, at 60minuteswith. Uh, you, Chris, can also follow you on Twitter too. You can, at dastardlyjabby. Uh, and yeah, hopefully uh, you and me, mate, will return uh, with another chat quite soon to Anthony and Nicola uh, catch up on how the Amiga years went and uh, delve deep into front bedrooms as well how about that oh I love that cannot wait <laughs> that'll be great so Chris thanks for joining me again mate it's been really good uh, recording this with you tonight in pleasure uh, and thank you for listening, whoever you are, wherever you are. Thank you very much. Uh, please subscribe, spread the word. iTunes reviews are always most welcome. And we will be back with another show very, very soon. Thank you. 